In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Good morning, Cleveland. We're here in London, and it's an absolute beautiful, sunny spring day. Cleveland, let us know what's the weather like there today. Send us some pictures. I'm always keen to know what's going on. Last time I heard, it was snowing in Cleveland, so uh, spring's here in London. Jack, my co-host, how are you? I'm good. It's always a shock when I look at anywhere else in the world and their weather's worse than we've got in the UK. So uh, it, it was a surprise when I saw people tweeting about snow. I was just like, and then the north of England, or are they actually in America? Well, I've woken up this morning and I've seen Odell Beckham. He's with Mo Salah in, I think, I'm going to predict something like the Maldives or Mauritius. It could be the Caribbean. And uh, I'm just shocked that... I saw him getting on a plane, an Emirates plane, and I thought he was going to uh, New York. I could be wrong. He could be really east. What do you reckon? Uh, I, I don't like the fact that he's mingling with Liverpool players. It's, uh, it doesn't settle well with either of us two. So uh, he, he's having some weather. I think loads of this stuff just overblown with OBJ. And you're going to get it through his entire career. Um, he, he is a celebrity. If you go back, and um, it would be a really good opportunity for Browns fans to understand. If you type in Odell Beckham Jr. Germany, um, he did a video, I believe it was last off-season or might be in the off-season before, where he's just walking through the streets of, um, I believe it's Munich, it's, it's somewhere in Germany, and the fans are just mental. There is thousands and thousands and thousands of people queued up to meet him. And he, he is a celebrity um, in, in, in his own right. It's bigger than just the one-handed catches. So, um, no, people are going mad for the lad. And it, it follows with the baggage. You're just going to get so much baggage and nonsense reporting. P- people are going to hate on him just for the sake of, Hey, well, it could be a great thing. Cleveland uh, tourist board make up 10, 20 percent all this extra interest in Cleveland. But one person that we should be really getting on the show for this is uh, Dan Davis. He's out in Japan at the moment. He's a huge Liverpool fan. Come on, Dan, you're out that part of the world. You should be giving us the exclusives. Uh, we don't want to get Liverpool fans on it too often. Okay. We, get, we get our audience start complaining, mate. Anyway, so. We're an NFL show. We're not a soccer show. And, mate, that's a good point, actually. Uh, we are the only 365 podcast out there for the Browns, which means we have got a huge variation of shows. So myself, I obviously focus very much on the fans. As the new article I'm doing is 50 states, 50 weeks, 50 Browns fans. Obviously, yourself, Jack, you go into a lot more of the uh, – analytical detail than I know and I learn a lot from you so guys if you are um, if you are listening and think we're too much fan base or too analytical let us know your feedback we are always looking for improvement and to be your number one podcast yeah we're always up for different ideas of the shows some of the shows we've got coming over the summer were purely people just gone I think this would be a really good idea if you've done that so we've got some shows stacked up but uh, one show that you went mad for this year um, it was 
two of our most listened to shows it was when we did the PFF breakdown on offense and defense. So we're not going to go as deep this time. We're just very much going to do an overview. So if you jump over to my Twitter, it's at Jack Duffin, then I will have tweeted out by the time you're listening to this, the updated chart for all the different position groups and where people are um, ranking. So uh, it's no surprise who's the number one player in terms of PFF grade, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. He is the only, as they dub it, high-quality player with PFF. And don't get too caught up in the words. Um, it's purely just to justify different um, number blocks. But uh, he is the fourth-rated wide receiver in the NFL last year. Mm, great to have him in the uh, on the roster. Yeah, I'm just looking through your chart, mate. And some things, uh, Mayfield wasn't high-quality. On PFF? So don't get caught up into the language at the top. Okay. Mayfield's our eighth rated, um, the eighth rated quarterback in terms of PFF. Nick Chubb was the number one running back, but didn't score high enough to get the high quality. The It's more there to ban them into different areas. So sort of average is a really good measure. And after that, there's there's three different layers. So I wouldn't, don't worry too much about the wording. Um, use it more just to look at the different, levels of play in different positions are sort of the stripes you ready for some homework jack let's go for it okay here's some homework for you i want you to compare this one with the last time we did it and see how much we've increased by how many positions so well, it's so the obviously the big jumps out is the improvements um of sort of adding a vernon adding yep. a hunt there are two new players that are in the good category that we didn't have obviously you've lost um i believe he was above average in zeitler um, Richardson's only the 47th rated interior defender. Um, but he's, he's, he's one of those players that is just solid. He's, it's like you get them debates on, would you rather have a player that is going to give you four weeks at nine out of 10, but the other weeks are going to be four out of 10? Or would you rather have a seven out of 10 every week? And for me, I want that consistency. I'd rather have consistently good players than boom and bust candidates. Yeah, the, the other things I'm looking on this, uh, Jack, is Avery below average. I'm surprised about that. So Avery comes in at the 94th rated edge defender. And really early on in the season, he was, I think he was top 20 at one point. And for me, I, I haven't looked into all the numbers here, but I'm guessing he's bulked down by when he's played linebacker. And I mean a proper linebacker. I'm not talking. Some people on the line of scrimmage are talking about a linebacker as the guy who stood up and then you're, an edge def uh, you're a um, defensive end if you put your hand in the dirt. I don't think it makes too much difference in the modern NFL. So that's just edge defenders for me. PFF make the nice distinction. I would have Avery as our fourth um, edge defender, purely just there rushing the passer off the line um, because that's what he's good at. He is really, really good. He's probably not going to be that great against the uh, run, but that doesn't matter. Distinct passing downs, and he can go out there, play 30, 40% of snaps. Um, if you're on sort of a third and eight, Move Garrett to the one tech, move him to the three tech, move him somewhere inside and just let um, Avery rip it off the outside. So I would only use him as sort of injury cover uh, in the linebacker room. For me, move him full time over into that uh, edge rotation. I think he is an incredibly talented player, but he, there's no obvious route for him to be a starter. Use him as that 30, 40% of snaps and let him just wreck havoc. Yeah, the, the other two things I was surprised to look at was, and it is PFF, I understand, Mitchell was uh, average, but um, Phil Gaines was above average. So Mitchell um, came in as the 68th rated cornerback and Philip Gaines came in at the 54th. Um, and I, I, th I think 
fans get caught up with the emotion and I, I did as well. So these numbers, I use them very much to humble me um, because uh, I looked at Mitchell and I was really excited. The first sort of four or five weeks, he was doing amazing stuff. And you see that sort of one interception, but then you sort of, you're not looking and sort of comprehending the rest of the game. And um, that's why I really like PFF because they're going to grade every snap and they'll balance that all out evenly. Whereas lots of fans and I, I'm in that group, uh, the emotion, Randall. I overestimated Randall because moments like that, catching the ball and giving it to Hugh and things like that, they're great. And um, I, I use PFF just to cut the emotional side out of it and they're grading every snap. So Philip Gaines, Paul will know, the post-game show, I absolutely carted him off one week. And um, it came out that he played really well, but I just saw two, three plays and those two, three plays skewed my view. So... Um, he did a solid job. There's not that much between them. If you look in the 54th best player and the 68th best corner, we're talking about maybe a, ham, a couple of plays a game at tops. So I, I, I think Philip Gaines is just that solid fourth outside. And Mitchell, for me, is still the solid third outside. I just want that starter opposite Warden. Mitchell can start fine. But if we want to be talking about let's make ourselves sort of favourites for a Super Bowl, we need to improve that position there. Last but not least, Joel Petonio. Uh, he is only above average pro bowler. But uh, yeah, PFF only think he's uh, the fifth and OBJ's fourth and he's in high quality. How does that work? So they're just, all the grading's done against the position group. So comparing, it's, it's difficult to compare position to position. So in terms of um, guards, Joel Batonio ranked out as the fifth best guard in the NFL for PFF last year. And that's fantastic. So for me, I, I'm more consumed in the numbers within the position groups of Batonio was great. Um, we all saw that as fans. He was really good. The interior for the Browns was phenomenal last year. Um, I remember chatting with you, Paul, right at the start of the season. I said, I think this is going to be the best interior O-line in the NFL. The tackles weren't great, but that interior was just rock solid. Um, so, no, and, and the other one there, Ogan Joby, is certainly um, that's a surprise to me. He made some good early plays, and I, I think Ogan Joby's probably hurt by the fact he played too many snaps last year, and that will come into effect because PFF are looking at the average across all your snaps. So, if you're exhausted and you're playing. I think Ogunjobi had the most amount of snaps for an interior and Garrett had the most for the outside. That's going to hurt you because if we're going to be honest, I would say about 60 to 70%. The lower end of that, the better. If you have Miles Garrett out there for 60% of snaps, he is going to be much more efficient on those 60% than going, let's put him out there for 80% because he's going to be exhausted. It's a challenging game to keep up the fitness levels to keep going. So uh, I think if you reduce Garrett's snap, and I think they really will do this next year, and we're talking about 60 to 63, 64 range, he's going to be up there in the top five edge defenders in the league. I think purely by playing too many snaps, it hurt his grade because no one can perform to a truly elite level when you're having to do it every single snap. All right, awesome. And mate, well done for putting all that together, mate. Must have taken a bit of time. Yeah, it, it took a while. It's just going through and looking at the names. And if there's any player in the NFL, and I always do this when the Browns make a free agency sign-in, I'll copy their name and just write PFF after that. And you'll only get the basic PFF information, but it gives you a really good steer on how they played last year. Because I'll hold my hands up. I don't watch every snap of every player in the NFL. 
there's some people that angrily tweet at me and claim uh, that, why, why don't you judge this player like this? I go, well, I don't know. So I go to PFF and that's a resource everyone can use. And it's at your fingertips. It's free um, just to get that basic bit of information. You can pay for so much more and there's some awesome quality behind that. But um, there's so much good stuff there. So if, if Browns ever make a sign-in and you're like, some, some of these guys I don't know. So Witzerman, I had no idea. Never even heard of him. And I, I just popped it into uh, Google, Witzerman, PFF. I was like, oh, he's just a depth guy. And, and that stuff's really useful. So uh, it's a tool out there for everyone. And um, no, they do some really good stuff. The Ogan Joby bit, I'd recommend we have Brendan Leister on um, from the Browns Note podcast. He went into a bit of depth of it of how oh, Ogan Joby's really good, but he's not that sort of solid penetrator that you'd love to get, the one technique. And um, I, I think you get them snaps down and we're talking about the uh, 50 to 60 range, maybe even slightly better for Ogan Joby. He's never going to be elite. But that's fine. You can't have every player elite, else uh, they all leave. Yeah, bit of a plug here for our friend of the show, John Costco. If you want to know anything, uh, PFF, Browns, look him up on Twitter. I believe he's the sales guy for uh, PFF for Browns. So, John, if you're listening, you're not cooking, a little plug for there for you. Yeah, there's sort of two players that I want to pull up that are in sort of the below average category. One's Kirksey. Um, which was a surprise. Um, I don't know if that's slightly down to the way um, the Williams use their uh, sort of linebackers in their formations. Um, hopefully it'll, it'll increase slightly next year. If, if he can stay healthy, that'll obviously give him a bigger sample size to be judged on. Um, and the other one's Kindred. And this for me is the biggest concern I have with the Browns right now. He was the 90th rated safety last season. And I think he's a solid enough rotation in the, uh, as a strong safety. He's not someone we want as a starter if we're talking serious and let's make a playoff run. So uh, hopefully we'll address it. May, Eric Berry's still on the market because the Cowboys went a different direction in free agency. Um, we, just, we just need someone in there because what I don't want to get to is the 49th pick of the draft and we're drafting for need because that's never a good idea. We've got a great article coming up this week with Jeff uh, Risden. He's going to talk about his hot six free agents. But Kindred... <sighs> Two seasons ago, he was rating, if I'm correct, high with PFF, and he was a uh, informed player. Obviously, he didn't get very many snaps, as many snaps last year. And he's, if I'm correct, uh, he's a fourth round pick. He's quite talented. He he could have a breakout uh, season next year. I think he, he can be a solid role player. Um, it's working out what you want him to do, and then getting him to do that. He's obviously he's much more comfortable in the box. Uh, he's not quite big enough as sort of maybe a Peppers and a Shaq Thompson could be that are sort of safeties that are converted into almost linebackers. Um, but he, he can certainly do a job. Um, he, it's He's in his final year and I just can't see the Browns keeping him around after this. They might try and address it um, late on in the draft and bring in two and move him on um, because it's the unfortunate thing. There's a player's player performance escalator and if you play over 35 percent of your snaps in the first three years um if in two of those years you play over 35 percent of snaps then what happens is if you're a fourth to seventh round pick you get a big pay rise um so he's over the two million mark rather than the six hundred and fifty thousand mark and just that extra mil and a half is enough that you're sitting there and going if we're not going to sort of make him a starter it might be about time to move on so i reckon they'll take a couple of shots at safety market in um the draft and 
if they get someone, then by all means, if, if, if you're improving the roster, save a bit of money at the same time, it's never bad. Um, just a bit of information on the unranked section. That's players that have played snaps, but they haven't played enough snaps that they get a position rank. And it's approximately around, say, 20% of snaps you have to play to get a uh, rank. Obviously, different positions fluctuate slightly. So when you look at it and go, Chad Thompson has a better grade than Anthony Zettel, um, that, that surprised me. Um, but at the same time, it, it's small sample. Don't get too carried away. And Callis had a better grade than Austin Corbett last year. Corbett was going in very much as a sixth O-lineman when he went out there. So I don't, don't worry too much about anything you see in the unranked. I purely put it in there just because it, it was interesting to note them. Yeah, I'll spot on. Kindred is a fourth round uh, pick from 2016. Yeah, no, and he's done very well for what, what we drafted him. Sort of them four, fifth round picks, um, as, as we've spoke about on here before, you want role players. Um, you're not expecting a starter in that. You might get someone that develops, um, obviously, uh, sixth round. You've got AB, you've got Tom Brady. Maybe just draft players with the surname B in sixth round. It might be a, uh, this. This an interesting cool. strategy. Um, but it's, it's one of them, deep in the draft, you're looking for role players. First three rounds, you're looking for players that are going to be starters. Later on, if someone can come in and do a job for 20, 30 snaps, and the Patriots are the absolute beasts of this. They get so many players in that are like, what on earth are they doing with that player? And then you'll get one, two games a season where they're a starter and they'll win them the game because they cover one player or they solve some issue. So uh, no, there's some fascinating things to do. And when you've got a roster this deep, you can sort of just play around with those sort of uh, 40 to uh, 50 roster spots. Yeah. All right, great. Well, look, good piece of work there, Jack. Um, what else is going on this week coming up? Um, don't know yet. It's a, it's a bit of a exciting. We're going to be chatting draft in the division. Um, what else have we got? Back to you, Paul. Yeah, as always. Sorry, Jack. I do lack of organisation, lack of pre- preparation. We have got... I'm afraid to say this is bad news, Jack. We have got a Steelers fan coming on talking about their draft strategy. So, um, yeah, once again, if you don't like listening to Steelers' voices, uh, don't listen to that episode. But as I know, it's always best to know your enemy inside out. So uh, I think it's going to be a good episode. And uh, uh, last night, I just want to shout out to anyone who's ever coming to London. If you're ever coming to London, let us know. I'll always make time for at least a beer a vodka lemonade, and or and or and a Jaeger bomb. So we had uh, Joey in from Columbus yesterday. So me, and Mike, took him out for a few drinks, and uh, yeah, it was good fun. Oh, good stuff. And I'm going to go first on this section here because I'm worried you might steal the same answer I've got. So uh, I'm going first this week. Can I like just show you a text what I'm going to say? Because then you know that I'm not lying. What I'm going to say. Yeah, I've got my guy highlighted on a. Uh... God, you say yours. Oh, we've got different answers. Same first name. So um, I'm going, and if Jeff Lloyd's listening, then he'll be very happy with this pick. Justin Lane, cornerback. Ah, okay, he's getting a lot of uh, hype, isn't he, for the Browns at the moment? Yeah, he tweeted this week that uh, I really want to go join the Browns. So, uh, hey, we're watching you, chap. I'm going to be end of May. This is an Oscar-winning scene that we may have to go back to if it comes right. Jeremy Simmons, their second round picked up by the Browns. That is my call this week. 
Yeah, the, I think um, there's a few interesting teams that might nab him. Colts are one that I've seen in a couple of mocks. Um, Chris Ballard's an intelligent chap. Um, the spirit of Sashi lives on, um, making some really, really smart moves. And that, that for me, is um, Mike Clay, who you got on the podcast recently, was sort of floating the idea of it's interesting watching what the Browns and the um, Colts are doing because they're taking very different strategies to the same system. They've got a lot of money, got a lot of resources. What do you do with it? Um, they've gone very much the long-term strategy of let's build this window to be as big as possible. Dorsey's gone all in. So in six years, we'll be able to have a really interesting discussion on who went the right way. They might have both won Super Bowls and both teams are happy. But um, it'll, it'll be interesting to know what happens over the next six years with them two franchises. And I think it will, it's one that will play out in a very interesting way. And if there's two teams that are competing to take the uh, AFC title off of the um, Patriots long term, it's probably them two. And the secret sleeper is the Dolphins. It's been an absolute awesome week. Um, we've had, I've been on uh, some other podcasts, the Browns Blitz. Uh, I released my vlog, met up with Browns fans. Uh, we've done some great work ourselves, Jack. So it's been an absolute awesome week. And I think the final thing I'm going to say is NFL UK, I'm going to be hosting an event for charity where we're going to do a live mock draft where every team has a, a Dorsey. So Jack, you're going to be the Dorsey of the Browns and Everyone's going to get the chance to do the first three rounds and we're going to see how accurate the UK fans are against the draft experts and then see how it turns out actually over the draft weekend. So I'm really excited about that. I'm, I'm hoping they uh, sign me a uh, safety and free agency so I don't have to go safety at 49. But fingers crossed, um, the front office will do me some magic before then so uh, I can go get a cornerback. And I believe, Jack, you are auditioning for people to be part of your uh, team at the moment uh you, you've already signed me two up so uh oh oh awkward but, but no <laughs> if you're a browns fan in london or in the uk and want to come to the event uh there's also going to be drinking games in true paul brown spirits so uh yeah make sure you uh listen up and cleveland i will make something official but i am coming out on the 25th of may and i will tell you something official what it's going to be as soon as it's all confirmed. Fantastic stuff, buddy. Another exciting week. Thank you for all you guys listening. The numbers are keep going up. You guys, I, I sometimes sit there and I, I discuss it with uh, my parents. My sister gives me some stick. She's like, are all these people mad? I hate listening to you once a month, let alone every day. So uh, she gives me some jip, but uh, no, I really, really appreciate it. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you for all the support. Um, all the people that reach out with questions, we're here. Both our your DMs are open, aren't they, Paul? Open to anyone, mate. Yeah, Abuse. both of our DMs are open. So by all means, any questions, any ideas, contact either of us. We're here for you guys. But thank you so much. And um, the community is awesome, and uh, we're happy to be a part of it. And don't forget the golden rule, guys: retweet my content and give Jack the abuse. I woke up feeling dangerous. 